Your financial choices may discuss various financial-related topics and thus would like to offer the following disclosures. Lori Siebert is employed by Valley National Group, the Valley National Financial Advisors Group of Companies. Investments are offered through Valley National Investments Incorporated, member FINRA. We inform you that any federal tax, state tax, financial advice, or information contained in this communication is not intended to be personalized or specific in nature or to be relied upon for your personal situation in any circumstance. The advice and information are not intended and cannot be used as a tax opinion letter nor used for the purpose of avoiding tax-related penalties. For personalized advice specific to your own situation, we recommend that you consult your CPA, CFP, or attorney. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the show. This is your host, Lori Siebert. I am a CPA, CFP professional, and AEP on the web at yourfinancialchoices.com, and you can listen online each and every week at wdiy.org uh, and or on the WDIY app. Podcasts of prior programs are available on most streaming services, including WDIY under Public Affairs. Today is January 17th, 2024. The markets were down a bit today with the Dow closing at 37,266, the NASDAQ at 14,855, and the S&P at 4,739. Tonight, I am talking about retirement account options, just some highlights about the various kinds of retirement accounts. I'll give you more details on that. We are live tonight. We'll take your questions. Questions. Cindy and Bob are in the studio with us this evening. We'll answer your calls, take your information. We ask you to mute your radio so you can hear me without the delay and we can talk without confusion. We discuss general financial planning topics and not specific investments. And while I typically have a topic each week, you can still ask questions off topic and I will do my best to answer them. As Peter mentioned, the phone number is 610-758-8810. You can talk live on air with us or if you're not comfortable talking live, just give your question to Cindy and she'll write it down and they'll bring it into the studio. If you um, prefer a more lengthy question or want to stay private, you can also email questions through yourfinancialchoices.com. I also want to mention, I'm always looking for ideas. So in the last two days, I've had to mention a, a few times to people uh, as it's come up in conversation that I've been doing Your Financial Choices since 2007 um, at WDIY since 2009. So it'll be what is that? Almost 25 years in September that I'll be at W, no, 25 years, 15 years at WDIY. I'm always looking for show ideas. So if there are topics, financial topics that you're interested in hearing more about, or you would like to know more about, um, just either call Cindy and tell her what they are and she can write those down and I'll note them or send those ideas through yourfinancialchoices.com. I, I, I appreciate listeners' ideas. I want to um, certainly bring topics that are relevant to you. So um, would love your help in that. Uh, as far as talking about tonight, retirement account options, what I thought I would do is break this down into types of retirement accounts, contribution limitations or amounts, you know, for the individual and employer, distribution factors that one might need to consider or think about, borrowing, uh, investing, and limitations in general that we have to pay attention to on those retirement accounts. Uh, so basically kind of understanding the various types and, and how to navigate the uses of your retirement accounts. Um, again, phone number 610-758-8810. So various types of retirement accounts. We have, uh, you know, the acronym IRA. We 
make assumptions that people understand what that means, but it is for an individual retirement account. Um, and the individual retirement account is something that uh, is typically available for those who may not have an employer plan available to them. And I'll talk about employer plans in a minute. So if you work at an organization that does not offer a retirement plan option, you could open your own individual retirement account. We have something you know that we call traditional IRA. That's typically someone who has earnings and makes a deductible contribution to their retirement account. There's something called SEP IRAs. That's usually through an employer or self-employed. Simple IRAs, rollover IRAs. And then we have uh, Roth IRA. And the Roth stands for, I think, the the senator or someone who ever put that through ages ago, um, the Roth IRA is using pre-tax dollars, dollars that have already been taxed, no deduction for you. That's a Roth IRA that grows income tax-free. And then there's Roth conversion. So those are one type of retirement accounts, IRAs, individual retirement accounts, Roth IRAs. Then we have what we call qualified accounts. And sometimes, uh, this came up in a conversation as well today, that sometimes people call IRAs qualified. Technically, they're not qualified, but they are retirement. Um, how we differentiate a qualified account from like an IRA is a qualified account is under uh, ERISA like oversight. ERISA is the employment, retirement, uh, employer, employer, employee retirement I think Interest Security Act, something like that. I apologize for not knowing it, but we just, you know, after a while, you just, the in acronyms mean more ERISA plans, um, fall under a certain rule. So there's certain rules that one has to um, follow under an ERISA plan. And what those are, are typically the 401ks, 403bs, the employer plans. So when we have a qualified account, that is 401k, 403B, sometimes thrift savings plans, typically through government. Um, occasionally, you'll see like a separate ESOP plan. Some employers would have it separate. We really don't see those very much anymore. Sometimes you have employer stock in a 401k plan, which is kind of still like an ESOP feature. ESOP stands for Employee Stock Ownership Plan for larger corporations. Um, quite often back in the day, I don't know if they do it as much anymore, they would do the employer match, meaning the employer puts money into the retirement plan if the employee puts money into the retirement plan. And quite often those employers were putting the match in with employer stock. Sometimes it was a separate account. That was the ESOP account, employer stock ownership plan, or sometimes the employer stock is just within the regular 401k. So that's another type of retirement account. We call those defined contributions. So the IRAs, though not qualified, also have defined uh, contributions. Qualified accounts, 403b, 401k, have defined contribution, meaning it is mandated, written. We know the dollars that we're allowed to put into them. It, the contribution is defined. And then we have another kind of retirement account called a defined benefit plan. I'm sure most of you can guess what that means. A defined benefit means I know how much money I'm going to get when I retire, and that is a pension. So pensions are defined benefit plans. Now, the little nuance with the defined benefit plan 
um, is that sometimes and more and more often we have employers who are, who are changing over their defined benefit pension plans to what could be called a cash balance plan where the employee may have an option to roll over the um, what would be determined to be the present value of that future pension. The present value is a dollar amount uh, based on age factors and interest rate factors and, you know, employment time, et cetera. There's a present value. And sometimes those pension plans now are offering you to roll that over if you want and take a lump sum. So a defined benefit plan um, that would have paid you a pension in your retirement years, a monthly pension based on, again, maybe marital status and what option you choose. Um, when we have pensions, we can choose sometimes a single um, life factor, might give us a higher monthly amount. But if we have a spouse and I die tomorrow, my pension's gone. So maybe I want to leave something to my spouse. And quite often the defined benefit plans will offer the participant um a, you know, irrevocable decision to say, hey, if I die, I want something to go to my spouse. I want them to get 100% of what I would have gotten or 50%. So depending on what elections I have on that pension, that monthly pension amount could um, impact the monthly payment. Um, but then they might also offer this lump sum option. And if you take a lump sum option and choose to uh, take it all out, you can roll it over into an IRA. So remember, I mentioned a rollover IRA. We can roll 401ks over to IRAs. We can roll 403bs over to IRAs. And we can roll over a lump sum benefit option from a defined benefit plan into a rollover IRA as well. Um, and then lastly, there is Social Security. That's also a, a retirement plan. You guys, we are at the first break. If you have questions, the phone number is 610-758-8810. I'm trying to cover a lot of material tonight, but I love questions and I can always do an extra show if I don't get through everything. So don't feel shy about asking questions. 610-758-8810. We'll be back in just a moment. WDIY thanks its members and Valley National Financial Advisors, offering a broad spectrum of financial services for more than 25 years, including fee-based asset management. It all starts with personal goals and an understanding of risk tolerance, investment objectives, and the markets. On the web at valleynationalgroup.com or 610-868-9000. Thank you to the members of WDIY for making all the programming you hear possible. Becoming a WDIY member is the best way to support your listening and to ensure WDIY will be here for the next person in our community to discover. Make your membership gift today at 610-694-8100, extension 4, or wdiy.org. We couldn't be here without you. Welcome back to the show. This is your host, Lori Siebert. You're listening to Your Financial Choices right here on WDIY 88.1. Phone number is 610-758-8810. If you have questions, you can talk live on air with me, or if you're not comfortable talking live, just give your question to Cindy and she'll write it down and Bob will bring it in. Um, talking about retirement account options and 
First, kind of giving an overview of the different kinds of retirement accounts that one might have. A gentleman asked me today about a 457B. He was a city employee. That is another type of retirement plan where someone may have put deferred compensation into it. Now, for most of us who may have a deferred comp plan available to us, um, we may not have the option to roll that over. And in fact, usually you have to make an election of how you're going to take that payout once you retire. Um, 457B plans, a little different through government, um, for government employees, typically they have the option to roll those over. So that's just a little nuance. Keep in mind, you know, we're just kind of trying to give a big overview tonight you need to always work with your advisor um, and professionals to make sure that whatever circumstances apply to you, that you understand them. So here's an overview of the different kinds of accounts. Now, I did also mention Social Security. That is a retirement account, basically, for a lot of people. Um, and it's based on your working years and your wages and or your self-employment income, and you pay into it. And it could provide a disability benefit as long as you've paid in so many quarters and then at such time you retire or become disabled, but at such time you retire and ch choose which age you want to collect at, which would be like between age 62 and 70, um, will determine your benefit. There's also some present value calculations to that, meaning the earlier you collect, the more of a haircut you take on a monthly benefit, and the longer you wait, then uh, bolsters the benefit you get. But obviously you're collecting either for a smaller period, a smaller amount for a longer period of time or a larger amount for a shorter period of time. It all depends on your life expectancy and how that works out. But, but just keep in mind, that's also a benefit. But social security was never meant to be the end all be all, which is why it's really important in our working years that we save some extra money and using the retirement accounts that I was just talking about is extra incentive if we get a tax deferral on it, because then we're able to put more money away um, and not pay tax on it today. We're able to put more money away. I hope that makes sense. And then also uh, to the extent you have an employer plan that may do a match, that would be really important because that could be almost like free money. That's a benefit that if you only get it from the employer if you put in, um, that's a benefit you would be losing out on if you don't put in. All right, we're, we're going to talk about different kinds of plans. Um, the reason it's important to talk about these is because um, if it's like stepping stones. So if let's start with the most basic, I don't have an employer plan available then what do I have available? I have an individual retirement account or a Roth IRA account available. Um, do I put into the IRA and get a deduction or do I put it into the Roth and get no deduction but tax-free growth? This all depends on how much income you have on your tax return, what income tax bracket you're in, where you anticipate your income will go to in your future years. Usually what I would expect is young people are still maybe making lower money than, you know, someone who's 25 years into their career, and they might be in a low tax bracket first starting out. Roth could look very attractive in that situation. If I'm someone who's 20 years into my career and I have excess cash flow, plenty of money, where do I put it? I certainly might need a tax deduction, which putting money into a 401k on a pre-tax basis 
it gives me a deduction for federal purposes where I don't have to pay tax on the amount I'm putting in. And double benefit if the, not a double benefit, but an increased benefit if the employer does a match on that money I'm putting in. So I usually want to do at least enough to get the match at least enough to get the match if your cash flow can afford it. I've talked about this on prior shows. I don't want someone to have $50,000 on a credit card at 25% and be maxing out their 401k. I'd rather see you take, you know, rather than putting money into the 401k, pay off that high credit card. So you kind of want to watch, you know, your, your own kind of situation here. But um, basically, IRA for people who don't have employer plans, deductible and or Roth, if you have an employer plan, 401k, if you need the deduction, you do it on a pre-tax basis. If your employer um, has as part of the plan a designated Roth 401k, you can actually put money into your 401k through an employer who provides a Roth feature um, on an after-tax basis and get that growing income tax-free, and you still could get the match on that. The match is typically um, then taxable because you didn't pay tax on on that yet when that eventually comes out. Um, and if you get the match but still have extra cash flow, you certainly could max out the 401ks. And I'll talk about that, um, those limits in a minute. So just make sure we kind of understand the types of retirement accounts and why we have to understand them. If we are self-employed, you may, and you have no employees, you could just use an IRA. Or if you need a big deduction or you don't know where your income's going to be for the year, you can open a solo 401k. And so the solo 401k is going to give you a bigger deduction. So when we look at why would one do an IRA or versus a 401k, the 401k allows much larger contributions to a retirement account. You can put away a lot more money into a 401k or 403b. Whenever I say 401k, I, I'm typically meaning 403bs as well. Uh, 403bs are for um, nonprofits, basically, um, traditionally. So you can put a lot more money away through a 401k. Now, if I have a 401k, some people don't realize you may still be able to put money into an IRA on top of the 401k. So that's for people really who have a lot of excess cash flow, or maybe you just put enough in the 401k to get the match and then want to put some into a Roth IRA or uh, individual retirement account. There's income limits for that. Um, and all of this is predicated on that you have earnings because you have to have earnings to contribute to retirement accounts. Um, so let's say you do enough to get the match. Why would I want to do put money into an IRA or a Roth IRA if I, if I have a 401k. Well, the 401k, if you're planning on working there a long time, your hands might be tied on trying to get any money out of it. Whereas if you decide I have enough money and my income, I'm, I'm within the income limitations that I qualify for a Roth, I could put, you know, $7,000 into a Roth in 2024 and maybe $7,000 into a Roth in 2025. Um, and in 2026, I might need some of that money. I can always take out my original contributions. And in that case, if it's in a Roth, it's, it's no, no tax consequence. Whereas if I overfund my 401k, I could have gotten a deduction 
that could save some income taxes. But what if I needed to get that money? Now my hands are really tied as to if I can pull money out of the 401k without penalties or, or consequences and taxes, etc. So there are reasons or times where you might have both an IRA and a 401k or a Roth and a 401k. And you could even max out the Roth feature in a 401k and still possibly qualify for an individual Roth as well. Some people think you just have to do one or the other. So just kind of keep in mind that there's some some additional options you might have when we're looking at retirement accounts. Folks, we're at the second break. If you have questions, the phone number is 610-758-8810. We'll be back in just a moment. WDIY thanks its members and Valley National Financial Advisors, offering a broad spectrum of financial services for more than 25 years, including income tax preparation for individuals, businesses, estates, and trusts. Tax preparation involves more than putting numbers on a return. It requires planning. On the web at valleynationalgroup.com or 610-868-9000. Did you know your phone is a radio? You can tune into WDIY anywhere on the go with WDIY's phone app. Download for free from the Apple or Google Store and your phone will become your trusted radio. The easy-to-use app lets you listen to WDIY on your phone live and access your favorite music shows on demand. Download and share the WDIY app with your friends and family and introduce them to many choices, real voices. Welcome back to the show. This is your host, Lori Siebert. You're listening to Your Financial Choices. We're talking about retirement accounts tonight and some options around those. Uh, so let me see if I can wrap up the types for a moment. Uh, individual retirement accounts, 401ks. I just want to reiterate that I said we can uh, uh, contribute much more to uh, 401ks and 403bs than we can to individual retirement accounts. That's one thing. Um, I've mentioned that you could still possibly have individual retirement account or a Roth um, on top of an employer plan, uh, particularly if you're married and you might have a non-working spouse or your spouse may not have their own plan, um, you could have a spousal IRA contribution. So for the non-working spouse, they may be able to contribute to an IRA um, using the working spouse's wages. So if one spouse, let's say, makes $100,000, works at a company, puts you know $20,000 into the 401k at work, now their federal income is $80,000, and the non-working spouse at home wants to put money into an IRA or a Roth for themselves, they could do $7,000 based on the uh, working spouse's wages. Some people might not realize that. It's a good way to get some extra savings into a retirement account, or you may even be able to get it into a Roth. For the Roth, you wouldn't get the deduction, but again, it's growing income tax-free. And the income limitations for people who can fund IRAs if you're not working, you can. If you're working, then there's income limitations on the ability of someone to put money into an individual retirement account. The income is much, much higher to be able to put it into a Roth IRA account. And it's even um, as high for the non-working spouse when it's married filing joint. So the income limitation is much higher for a deductible IRA or a Roth IRA than... Um, 
particularly for people, non-working spouses, and for regular Roth contributions. So keep that in mind. You can still do both. Um, also, there are some 401ks. All, not all 401ks are the same. So if you are a participant in a 401k, your employer should have given you something called the summary plan description, which will describe all of the ins and outs of your particular 401k. So for example, there are some 401k plans that um, larger corporations have that may allow after-tax contributions. So uh, the IRS limits how much of a pre-tax contribution we can make to our 401k, but the IRS has an overall limitation for both employer and employee, which is much, much higher. So for example, in 2023, the uh, employee who's, let's say, over 50 could put $30,000 into a 401k on a deductible basis. So you get a you know, your wages come down 30000 for the amount you put into the 401k. That's called a pre-tax uh, contribution. The employer may or may not put anything in. The plan description says whether the employer is required to or not. They may not be required. So maybe the employer doesn't put anything in. But that summary plan document might provide that the employee could put more money in on an after-tax basis. The, 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 the deduction is limited, but the IRS says between employer and employee, you can put in 66000 in my story for 2023. I think it's something like 66000 So the employee actually could put more money into the 401k on an after-tax basis, so they're not going to get a deduction. And now what that means is they have basis in their 401k. When they eventually retire and roll that over, possibly, they could roll over under current legislation. They can roll over the after-tax portion into a Roth IRA. So you have to be aware of that. That typically would be, I would say, for someone who has a lot of excess money and just wants the deferral and might not have the option to do a Roth contribution. So you kind of have to know the ins and outs. I talked to some folks today in a presentation I did, and I said, it's always the questions you don't know to ask that I worry about. Um, and you have to kind of dig a little bit. But but other plans, other 401k plans might not offer that after-tax option at all. So, for example, our office has a safe harbor plan. That safe harbor plan doesn't allow the after-tax contributions. Uh, we're a smaller firm. There's certain um, testing uh, that we can avoid by having a safe harbor plan. Um, and we also avoid it by not allowing after-tax contributions. There's certain you know, additional hoops you have to go through for a 401k plan if you add so many features. But the... Um, so the safe harbor plan, the employer says, hey, I don't want to have to go through all that extra administrative testing of a 401k to make sure it's like fair. I'm just going to give all the employees 3% of their pay as a um, contribution into their 401k. Nice benefit, huge benefit, particularly for those people who feel they can't afford to contribute to a retirement account. Safe harbor plan's pretty nice. Not all employers have that. You have to look at your summary plan document. That will also tell you if you have the option to maybe take an in-service distribution. Uh, typically, once you hit a certain age, uh, whether it's like 59 and a half or 60 or 65, if you're still working, the plan may allow you to take a distribution, meaning an in-service distribution either, you know, uh, pull money out and pay tax on it, 
or roll it over to an IRA. So I know a number of people who will do in-service distributions out of employer plans and uh, put it into a rollover IRA because they feel they have more control over the investment options. So some 401k plans might not have a, a large menu of investment options and some participants might feel they, they can do better on their own or with, you know, an advisor or something. All right. Um, so uh, another thing to know about retirement plans and options now is there used to be an age limit uh, to contributing to a 401, uh, excuse me, to an IRA. I think it was 70 and a half, maybe. You could no longer contribute to an IRA if you were working. They took away that age limit. So if you're still working at 75, you can still contribute to uh, an IRA. So there are no income limitations to contribute. Um, and there are no income uh, limitations to contribute to a non-deductible traditional IRA. So you can always do a non-deductible contribution. Uh, for 2023, that was 6500 And... Um, 7,000 for 2024. And of course, if you're 50 or over, there was an extra thousand you could do. So for 2023, you could do 7,500. In 2024, you could do 8,000. And you have until April 15th of the following tax year to make those contributions. The reason they give us till April 15th of the following year is because sometimes our income might be over the thresholds and we don't know it until we do the tax return. And once we kind of figure out all the numbers, the IRS gives us a little time to decide if we want to do a, you know, a deductible IRA or a non-deductible IRA or a Roth IRA. So our income might still allow us to do a Roth if we don't qualify for the deductible IRA. But sometimes if our income is too high, even for the Roth, that's when we can do the non-deductible IRA. That's always been around. And then a non-deductible IRA, if you have no other IRA money, can always be uh, converted to a Roth because you have basis in it. It gets a little complicated and messy if you have other IRA monies too, because now the conversion would be, you know, more taxable. Uh, lots more to talk about. If you have questions, Cindy and Bob are in the studio waiting to take calls. The phone number is 610-758-8810. We'll be back in just a moment. WDIY thanks its members and Valley National Financial Advisors, offering a broad spectrum of financial services for more than 25 years, including estate planning and tax preparation, especially for Pennsylvania and New Jersey residents subject to state inheritance tax reporting. On the web at valleynationalgroup.com or 610-868-9000. Uh, welcome back, folks. We are talking about retirement account options and um, different types of accounts. And we kind of highlighted some of the contribution uh, limitations uh, based on IRS limits or plan limits or income limits. And, of course, contributions to any retirement accounts do require earnings. Um, that's different than conversions. It's earnings to make uh, contributions, current contributions to retirement accounts. Let's talk about um, distributions from uh, these retirement accounts. When and taxation is based on the type, age, and or employer plan limitations. Um, so if one is trying to take money out of, you know, a 401k or a IRA, if you take it out early, there are early withdrawal penalties. And uh, there are, you know, certain exceptions to the penalty, depending on what kind of plan 
you have. And that is really critical. And I guess that's what I'll emphasize tonight is that if you are someone who feels you have to take money out of a retirement account uh, before you retire, you really need to understand the consequences of that and from where you are pulling. Because there may be exceptions to the penalty, the early withdrawal penalty. Uh, There may not, depending on if you do it out of the wrong account. So taking a distribution from an IRA might have an exception, but taking a distribution from a 401k might not, and vice versa. So for example, uh, taking money out of an IRA pre-age 59 and a half is going to have a 10% penalty. Um, Once you're 59 and a half, there isn't an early withdrawal. And remember, if these are IRAs, we still have income tax. The 10% penalty is on top of that uh, for an early withdrawal. Or an exception, if it's early, is uh, after you become disabled or to a beneficiary of a deceased IRA owner. If you set up substantially equal periodic payments, that's called a 72T election. Uh, I've in the past, like probably 15 years ago, we had a number of people doing that. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, it was probably 2008 during the great financial crisis when people needed money and we were uh, sometimes setting up 72 T's calculations. That's substantially equal periodic payments. I haven't seen it, haven't seen it in a long time. Um, and then uh, for certain medical, unreimbursed medical expenses, too complicated to explain, uh, for the birth or adoption of a child might be an exception to the 10% penalty subject to inc- you know withdrawal limitations and made to certain unemployed individuals to the extent of the cost of their health care. So there are exceptions to some of these. There are some for... Um, Qualified higher education expenses used to buy, build, or rebuild a first home. This is one that I think warrants a little extra explanation. If you, uh, the people will think they can borrow from their IRA. You can't borrow from your IRA. You can borrow from your 401k, but you can take a distribution from your IRA up to $10,000. It's a lifetime limit to, to, um, use it for buying a home, building a home, or rebuilding a first home. So that's up to $10,000. All you get is an exception to the 10% early withdrawal penalty. You still have to pay income tax on the 10,000. Now that is different than borrowing from a 401k for a new home. So you can typically borrow from a 401k up to $50,000. You usually have to pay it back within five years and um, then there's usually like a loan, uh, an interest rate, and usually a loan, like origination fee, because you have a third-party administrator, a TPA, who has to do some calculations. There's usually a fee for that. So that is to borrow from the plan. And again, you usually have to pay that back within a certain period of time with an interest rate. But of course, you're paying yourself you're paying your 401k back that interest rate and it's coming out of your pay. If you were to terminate employment before the five years and you don't have the money to pay it back, they're going to deem it a distribution. And if you're um, subject to the early retirement penalty, then you would also have a 10% penalty on that um, because you're, you're in essence distributing the balance if you don't pay it back. So let's pretend you have a 20 
you know, of the 50,000 you took out, you have 20,000 left and you are terminated and you don't have 20,000 to pay the 401k back. Um, they're going to deem it a distribution if you're age, you know, 39. Now it's going to be income tax on the distribution plus a 10% penalty. So it, it kind of helps to know some of the options around the various kinds of retirement accounts so you know how you can use them or not use them and you know, personally, it's best to avoid using your retirement accounts for these things. We want to save that for the the long term. But that's something to keep in mind. Here's another critical piece for people who may be getting divorced. If you are getting a divorce and you're splitting assets with your partner and there is a 401k plan there's something typically that applies to that called a quadro, a qualified domestic relations order that is, um, you know, prepared by an attorney prior to the divorce. They have it all written up and you work with the employer, the third party administrator of the plan, and the 401k will be split between the participant and the spouse. That's called a quadro. That's a 401k. If a quadro applies to a 401k, the the spouse, um, if they're under age 59 and a half, can take a distribution from that 401k without the 10% penalty. That's a, an exception to the 10% penalty. They don't want to penalize that spouse who may, that might be the only asset available to them. Maybe they never worked and now they might have to tap that retirement account for cash flow needs. They don't want them to be penalized. So that is an exception to the 10% penalty. Why it's critical to know this is because if you get your share of the quadro and you decide to roll it over to an IRA, it's no longer an exception to the 10% penalty. So you have to be really careful of that. Another um, item I want to emphasize, which is very important, is if you are terminated from a company and you will have been age 55 by December 31st, an exception to the 10% penalty on early withdrawal meaning prior to age 59 and a half, is an exception to a 401k if you're terminated and you're 55 by December 31st. So if, if I'm terminated from employment in 2024 and I turn 55 December 31st, if I have to take money out of my 401k in uh, a terminated employee and I'm 55 by December 31st, I have an exception to the 10% penalty. If you know, I'm being advised, oh, roll it over, roll it over. And I roll it over to an IRA and now I'm age 57 and I need money. That is no longer an exception to the 10% penalty. So typically when I have people who have um, been terminated prior to age 59 and a half, but, po you know, at age 55, um, I say, let's just kind of keep that money over there in that 401k in case you have to ever draw on it. You can have an exception to the 10% penalty. Once you're 59 and a half, you can kind of do whatever you want with it because you can take a distribution you, without any penalty. So keep in mind those distributions. Another uh, point I want to make is the required minimum distribution ages have changed. It is age 73 now. You have technically till April 1st of the year following the age of 73, but then you would, if you wait, then you would have to take two required minimum distributions. And it is, there are occasions where that works out pretty well, um, but usually not. 
usually you're doubling your income on those RMDs in, in, if you wait and have to do two in one year. Where it might make sense is let's pretend someone retires at age, um, let's say, oh, how could I figure this out? If they retire at age 73 and they made, let's pretend a million dollars in 2023, they made a million dollars, they turned age 73, they would have been required minimum distribution age in 2023 and they didn't take their RMD. And now in 2024, they're totally retired. They have no income on their tax return and now they have to take two RMDs, one for 2023 and one for 2024. That might work out that might still work out. So just keep in mind required minimum distribution age 73 and you have to take it out by April 1st of the year following. But in that case, you would have to take out two. All right. We talked about borrowing. I did have that kind of set up as a separate note. I have already mentioned that you can't borrow really from the IRAs. Um, defined um, the, the 401k, you have uh uh, five-year payback, interest loan fees, payable upon ter termination if before five years. Um, don't confuse borrowing with exceptions to the 10% penalty on IRAs. Um, mention just understanding the difference and make sure that you know that it could be different for a 401k than an IRA. I also like to mention when we talk about distributions, once you reach age 70 and a half, you can make a qualified charitable distribution out of your IRA that does not apply to 401ks. So you, they've extended the required minimum distribution age, but they did not do a corresponding extension allowing a qualified charitable distribution. That is still age 70 and a half. But once your required minimum distribution age, you can make um, contributions to charity directly from your IRA, meaning you ask the custodian to write the check to the charity, and it will reduce your uh, taxable required minimum distribution. If my required minimum distribution is 40000 and I want to do $5,000 to uh, WDIY, um, I could ask the custodian, write a check to WDIY, and now I have a $40,000 1099R showing I took a distribution. 5000 of it is not taxable because I send it to a 501c3. And now I tell the IRS only $35,000 of that is taxable. Now, um, I had a gentleman ask today, can I always take, can I take out more? Of course you could take out more. So if your required minimum distribution is 40 and you want to give another $10,000 to the charity, you certainly can do more. Now my 1099 would be 50,000 and my taxable portion would be 40. So you can always do more, but you have to do at least your minimum required distribution. Um, they allow the qualified charitable distributions up to $100,000 a person. Let's talk about investing briefly. So uh, 401ks, IRAs, uh, you know, you invest those funds. Typically, if you're putting money away, you want them to grow. So you will invest them in, you know, to your risk tolerance. Uh, typically in an IRA or a Roth IRA, you have a lot more options, investment options. If you're working with a broker dealer, if you're uh putting the money in a CD at a bank, that's probably not going to grow very much. Um, and you would have a lot more investment options, you know, if, if you went with a broker, basically. Um, and that's why some people like IRAs and Roth IRAs, because they like having a larger menu of investment options. Sometimes employers, uh, for administrative reasons, will give you a menu of investment options, as long as it is 
you know, allows proper diversification. They might have some large cap, mid cap, small cap, you know, international, uh, corporate bond growth, you know, what growth and income, whatever it might be, a nice, uh, array of investment options, but it still might be limited to, you know, 20 funds or something. And if you did it yourself, you might have access to 14,000 different kinds of investments. So um, sometimes the individual accounts provide you with a little bit more uh, flexibility in your investing. Um, And sometimes 401k plans will also offer to their employees something Um, we call it like PCRA, uh, like a personal portal where you could actually move part of your 401k kind of into a separate brokerage and have that larger menu. Um, Not a lot of plans offer that, but if you're someone who really likes to invest and you have a lot of money in a 401k, you could always look to see if your employer uh, provides that or offers that, and that could be an option for you to move some of the money over to a larger menu. But then, of course, the employer isn't taking any responsibility for those investment options that you may use. Um, I haven't had any calls tonight, but if you have questions, there's still plenty of time. The phone number is 610-758-8810. And you can also send questions through yourfinancialchoices.com or email me show ideas if you want to hear about some special topic. Um, When I come back, I'll try to wrap things up and uh, talk a little bit more about, you know, possibly some some other uh, red flags you have to watch out for. We'll be back in just a moment. WDIY thanks its members and Valley National Financial Advisors, offering a broad spectrum of financial services including portfolio management, tax return preparation, and financial planning for the accumulation years, retirement years, and estate distribution. On the web at valleynationalgroup.com or 610-868-9000. American folk music offers a variegated pattern of performers and styles. I'm Tom Druckenmiller, your host for In the Tradition, Together, we'll trace the roots and branches of American folk music from the earliest recordings and performers through today's talented players. In the tradition, Wednesday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. on WDIY 88.1 FM and WDIY.org. Welcome back to the show. This is your host, Lori Siebert. You're listening to Your Financial Choices. Tonight, we've been talking about retirement account options. If you have questions, phone number is 610-758-8810. You can talk live on air with me, or if you're not comfortable talking live, just give your question to Cindy and she'll write it down. You can also send questions through yourfinancialchoices.com. I've talked about the types of retirement accounts. I've talked about borrowing, briefly about investing, about contributing, um I also there was something else I wanted to mention hopefully it'll come back to me um, some other limitations you have to be aware of is you cannot have excess contributions so you cannot have excess contributions to either 401ks 403bs or IRAs or Roth IRAs meaning you have to make sure that you're eligible to them eligible for them. So let me start with the most basic IRAs. Let's pretend you put money into a deductible IRA and you find out your wages were so high this year, lucky you, that you have an employer plan, therefore you are not eligible to put money into an individual retirement account. You have until April 15th to rectify that to get it out. So when you go to prepare your tax return, if you put in, oh, I did a $7,000 deductible IRA in 2023 and the tax software or your accountant says, 
says, hey, no way, you can't do that. Your income was too high. You have till April 15th to take it back out. You contact the custodian. You say, whoops, wasn't allowed to do it. I got to get it out. It's called a recharacterization. Let's pretend you put money into a, um, a deductible IRA and it, your income was too high, but your income wasn't too high to do a Roth IRA. Then you could recharacterize it, take it out of the IRA because you weren't allowed to do it and put it into the Roth and you just move it over. Or for example, you can't do either, then you could also get it out of the Roth by April 15th. All right. So you, the IRS gives you time to fix your mistakes. So that's on the basic IRA, Roth IRA. 401k, what sometimes happens is the employer does testing. And if you're a highly compensated employee, they might come back and say, hey, guess what? Sorry, you put 30000 in your 401k. We're not allowing you to do it because uh, testing says you're only going to be allowed to do 26000 So you have to pull the 4000 back out. If they alert you timely, you can put take the 4000 back out and then your tax return would show that you had $4,000 more wages and then were whole. If it happens after the tax return, I think the employer has to do it like within a year uh, or calendar year. I don't know the numbers exactly on that, uh, but they get it corrected. Then you might have to amend the tax return. So watch out for that. Um, there is something I want to make sure I point out. When people do conversions of IRA money to Roth, you can no longer recharacterize those or or change them back. So once you've made a conversion, it's it's done. You can't change your mind. We used to be able to, we no longer can. That's different than the recharacterization I just mentioned earlier. We have a call from Anthony. No, it's off air. Um, Anthony, thank you for calling in with your question. Anthony from Allentown. He said he's looking to finalize a mortgage. What should you do about timing for the mortgage rate? Closing is late summer. When to lock in the rate? They're building a house. So Anthony, this is like could be a little tricky. And when I've had folks on the show before, I had um, Stan Reinhold on the show. Uh, Ryan, oh God, I just forgot his last name. Um, Stan on the show, he does mortgages. I've had real estate professionals on. Um, what happens is if prices go up, then it might not matter that, that you, if you wait to lock in a lower rate, I, I don't know you're building. So that's a little different. Sometimes we say, don't wait to buy a house because prices of the houses could be going up faster. And the, if you wait for a lower mortgage rate, now your house could cost more and you can always refinance a loan. So, um, you know, where rates are going to go, it could be hard to tell, but usually when you're building, sometimes the builder is requiring installments as you're going through the build. So you may end up having to, um, if you don't currently have a home where you could do like a, a home equity loan or a line of credit, then, um, and it's maybe your first build to lock in a rate for when is this late summer? You, you, you might lock it in. I mean, they might start needing deposits or funds. So I think that's, um, I think, I don't know if I would play with that too much, Anthony. You don't want to lose out on the house. You don't want anything to happen. You might know where your financials are right now. So it might be worth locking in. If you don't have to pay for another couple months, maybe you could wait a couple more months. Um, 
I don't know if they're going to be reducing rates yet. I think, you know, the talk was we thought we might see a reduction in rates in March. We might not end up seeing that reduction in March. So, you know, you might be running it too tight there. But in the end, Anthony, you may be able to um, refinance as well. So I don't know if I'd worry too much about the rate for the short term. Robert from Allentown also called in and he asked, using health savings account as a retirement option, Robert, thanks. Great idea. Love this. Using health savings account as a retirement option instead of IRA or 401k is HSA pre-tax. The issue, real quick, Robert, um, to make sure I can get this in with the time left, is you can put way more money into a 401k than you can the HSA. Um, but the HSA is a pre-tax, uh, it's, it's your you're getting a tax deduction for that today, but it is income tax-free um, funds if used for qualified medical expenses eventually. So let me finish your question. Instead of an IRA or 401k, the HSA yes is pre-tax. And what is the limit to contribute to an HSA when you have high deductible, 9000 and when he turns 65, can he withdraw like an IRA or must use for health? So um, the health savings account, you have to, in order to have a health savings account, you have to have a high deductible health plan. That high deductible health plan may be through work or it may be just an individual plan. If it is through work, it is the one of the best ways to save. Again, you have to have a qualified high deductible health plan in order to put money into a health savings account. Once you put the money into a health savings account through an employer plan, you are not paying taxes for federal, state, local, social security, or Medicare. It is a awesome, awesome way to, to save taxes. Okay. That's through an employer plan. The best way to do it is through payroll deduction. If you and and subject to the limitations, so a family plan, and I don't I don't have those numbers handy in front of me right now. Um, it would take me too long to look it up. But let's pretend it's about you know you're over fifty, you have a family plan, and let's pretend it's like eight thousand dollars, something like that. You do it through payroll deduction. None of that subject to any of those taxes I mentioned. Now you put that into a health savings account. If you just let it sit there, it's cash. Typically, what I will say to people is make sure you have enough to cover the deductible because it's a high deductible plan, remember. So you want to make sure that you have enough money to cover your medical expenses if needed, unless you don't have other, if, if you don't have other resources, if you have other resources, then certainly let this HSA build up more because um, you get all that tax deduction. And then you can take the HSA balance that you're not needing for current medical expenses and invest it. And now you can invest it. And if the returns are good, it's all income tax free and you can let that grow for a long time. And yes, Robert, eventually, I think once you turn 65, you can use it for more options uh, than just qualified medical expenses. I've never had anyone use it for anything other than qualified medical expenses. But I do believe that once you turn age 65, you don't have to use it for qualified medical expenses, but I'd want to confirm that. Um, so it is a great, great opportunity. 
as I mentioned, through payroll deduction. If you have an individual plan, the only deduction you're getting is for federal and state. You don't get the deduction for, um, so you get a deduction for federal tax and state tax, but not local tax. And um, if you have an individual plan, I'm assuming you're not working, and then therefore there is no tax savings on self, um, Social Security or Medicare. All right. Um, if you've have it through your employer plan and you miss doing payroll deduction. Let's pretend you only did $1,000 through payroll deduction, but I could have done 8,000. You have until April 15th of the year following to max that that HSA. So in my story, if you only did 1,000 through payroll deduction because you didn't know better and you had an employer uh, high deductible plan for the whole year, for the family for the whole year, and you could have done another 7,000, I'm rounding numbers for demonstration purposes, I can do it on my tax return. I have till April 15th. And again, then I'm getting only the deduction for federal and state. I'm not getting it for the payroll taxes or local taxes, okay? So ultimately, through an employer plan, saves the most. But if you failed to do it completely through the employer plan, you still can get a federal and Pennsylvania deduction for it. Um, Great great benefit. But if you're not using the money, then you would want to look to see if you can invest it and make something over time. Um, and you can, you know, check that out. Usually the employer who manages the HSA will have that, um, that plan will have that partner HSA investment account. Okay. So great questions. And yes, the health savings account is a, is kind of like another retirement account, basically, another way to save for retirement and particularly to save for healthcare expenses in retirement as well. Um, if you don't have any healthcare expenses to uh, Robert's point that you could do, um, use it for other purposes. And I'll confirm that and do something on uh, HSAs at a later time. Uh the uh, other caution, back to 401ks for a moment, that I want to make sure that people understand. Remember, I said about excess contributions, the penalties on excess contributions are significant. So we want to make sure that we're eligible to do either that IRA contribution or that Roth contribution. Here's the, the piece that I think some people might miss, and I don't want you to get hung up on it, um, is if you have two employers or two two jobs in the same year. So if you have multiple employers and they all offer 401k plans, the maximum contribution, uh, I think it's for 2024 is 23,000 and an extra um, seven, uh, 7,500 for catch up if you're 50 or older. So 30,500. If you're putting it in multi-employers, you can't go over the excess for any you know, in total. So I can't put 30,000 in one employer, 30,000 in a second employer and 30,000 in a third employer. So multiple employers doesn't matter. It's the individual's max. And that applies if you change jobs. So I had a client who uh, had maxed her 401k as of November for one employer, she moved to a new employer. And I told her elect zero 401k for the rest of the year because we don't want you to over contribute to the 401k because then you have to have one of the employers pull it back out complicates it like crazy. So just be careful for people who max their 401ks. If you have multiple employers and that's per individual, not per couple per individual, um, just be careful not to over 
uh, contribute because excess contributions have significant uh, penalties for uh, accumulating too much money in those plans. And the IRS does give you room to correct those. Um, I want to thank Cindy and Bob for being here tonight. Thank you so much. And I particularly um, thank the callers for calling in. It is my favorite part of the show. Anthony and Robert, shout out, great questions. And that's another thing I love when listeners, as I always say, the WDIY listeners are the most sophisticated listeners around. And you ask great questions. So I really appreciate that. And good luck, uh, Anthony, with uh, building the home. Uh, if, uh, let's see, what am I doing next week? Next week, I'm going to do a show getting ready for tax preparation. I'm going to talk and hopefully give you some tips on making it a little bit smoother for yourself, more efficient. And if you're using a tax preparer, hopefully save you money in saving time of preparation, which will save you money on your invoice. So that's next week. Um, thank you again, Bob and Cindy, listeners and Peter. Coming up next, we have Tom Druckenmiller with, a uh, no, not Tom. Norm's here tonight. Norm's here tonight for Tom with In the Tradition Folk Music. Remember, be pro- proactive, not reactive. Make the best of your financial choices and have a great week. Mm-hmm.